0: soil of a man's podcast is stony or debbie <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> this is the watchers on the couch Welcome to episode seven of Watches on the Couch. We are covering Castle Rock. If you are starting with episode seven, welcome, but you probably should go back and listen to the other ones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Nays. I'm here with my co-host. Mm, Debbie. Mm Debbie. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's Um mm from Surge, I guess, <laughs> and mine is mmm from coffee, which I'm going to drink right now. I know that's Mike's favorite part is when people are eating or drinking on the podcast. Oh, he likes that a lot. Yeah, especially when it's coffee because after you drink coffee, you're like dry. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> <laughs> which he definitely got to do. show when I just did that. We're covering episode seven entitled The Queen. But I have a load of uh, news and stuff that we have to do first so this is probably gonna be a long episode
1: okay and
2: I have some extreme ranting
0: okay about myself other stuff?
2: about myself
0: about yourself I'm
2: so disappointed
0: okay <laughs> well let's let me get through a whole bunch of stuff okay. and then I'll cue you to rant a little bit and then we'll continue on okay okay so first thing in news is that a country artist named shooter Jennings was on Mark Marin, which is another podcast I listen to. It's called WTF. Mark uh, Marin's also on Glow on Netflix. I don't know if you watch that yet or not. No. He's amazing and he's great at interviewing people. But anyway, Shooter Jennings is Waylon Jennings' kid. And he did a collab uh, record with Stephen King. Hmm. So my Stephen King radar is like way up right now. And that just came out of nowhere. So I feel like he talks a little bit about how the collab happened. And, uh, you know, the very little interaction he had with King is super interesting. So if people want to go listen to that, it was this week on WTF. Hmm. Next thing, this is sort of in the King universe. It's about uh, Stephen King's son, Joe. He goes by Joe Hill. That's his pen name because he wanted to be legit without his dad's help, pretty much. Uh, Why not? Apparently, for the past three years, he's been investigating this murder that happened around the time that jaws was filmed apparently joe hill found this person who's been missing and uh was eventually i believe found murdered um has found her in the movie as like around some other extras that were in jaws yeah
2: like like in a beach scene or yeah something. yeah
0: so like a giant crowd of people he found this lady in there or they think it's this lady Mm -hmm. because around it was around the time that she went missing and stuff. So it's a super interesting story. It was all over like major news outlets this (laughs) past week. I figured it was worth at least mentioning on here. So if you want to look that up, just look up like in your Google Joe Hill jaws, missing person or something like that. And it'll come up and it's a short read, but very interesting.
2: And he's a legit author. I mean, he writes a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, so I don't know really what's going to come of that. You know, there is definitely cat munching noises happening.
2: (laughs) Who is it? I feel like it's Nicola.
0: That's Kinsley. Oh. (laughs) And it's drinking. Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, next piece of news. Pet Cemetery. the new version has wrapped filming. Mm -hmm. I sent you a photo of the guy that's playing Judd Crandall. Yes, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, that's right. I was hoping you remembered that because I was trying to think of it all <laughs> night and couldn't. He looks uh, super old now. Yes. I don't know if they olded him up or not, but he's got like the whole white beard, like sort of longish white hair a little yeah, bit. a little
2: bit longer, poofier.
0: He was uh, riding bitch on the back of a motorcycle, <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. I don't know if they were carting him around the set was, or something. It was probably like a TA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm super, like even more excited for the new Pet Cemetery.
2: Oh yeah, me too. It's not a
0: sequel; they're re-di- they they reimagined the old one. So I don't know what that means, really. But
2: I hope they don't like CGI the kid.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, horror right now is they're tending to at least do as much practical as possible. Like it's sort of like a. I hope so. People really like that again, so including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited about that. And that's really, I think, all the stuff I had on that. Uh, Mark Bernardin, the writer of episode five, was did another episode of his podcast, Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Listened to it last night. So this is like brand new. Um, He says that Wendell, the name Wendell, is definitely for sure a reference to Wendy Torrance.
2: Okay, and this is the son of Henry.
0: Yeah, and it's just in the name itself, not anything else really, just like as a wink. You know what I mean? Um, He also said that the birds circling that we saw uh, two episodes ago, not this one, but last week. Okay. Uh, It was episode six, I think. Uh, The birds circling and then the one dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said that birds circling because they hear a noise is like a scientific thing that happens oh okay so so they hear it (laughs) yeah so apparently they hear whatever (laughs) is going on Uh, i just thought that was super interesting don't tell
2: pastor matthew yeah but mark
0: (laughs) has been like such a cool way for me to get like tiny little bits of information yeah that's that's cool because i don't think many of the other writers are really coming out and saying stuff about the show you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like and he's already on a show that I listen to, so it just works. Yeah, he has an
2: outlet too. Yeah. to say those things.
0: Um, moving over to let's see. Okay, so my reading this week. Um, I was before I picked up Needful Things from the library. I was reading Dark Tower Three: The Wastelands. Okay, I know you haven't read those, Mm-mm. but um, so there's a scene where. They're going through a small town, and it's sort of like hidden because there's these, these like gangs that are in the area that kind of they're outlaws and they kind of go around and kill people for no reason and that kind of thing. Sort of like a desert wasteland, like Mad Max or Road Warrior or something like that. Um, So there's a blind woman in this town that they that this small group of our main characters meet. And she was blinded by a group of harriers who are ba- the outlaws, basically, uh, with a branding iron, oh. which I thought was definitely interesting. Since we just saw the branding since we iron, just last saw week. the branding iron, and it was it was used in very <clears throat> much the same manner, yeah, to not to blind someone, but to you know take away hearing. So yeah. I just thought that was a weird like sister fact mm-hmm. nugget sort of thing, Easter egg. I have no idea if they took that from that book or not but it's just weird that it showed up in the, in the course of i don't think anything's this. a coincidence i don't think so either <sighs> um next thing from reading i mentioned i picked up needful things and i took a couple of notes from it like re- i'm only 60 pages in as of last night um immediate relating themes okay. emerge <laughs> okay <laughs> There's something bad and ominous coming in the introduction this is mm-hmm. they the uh sort of all knowing narrator talking establishing the town um there's a store opening very much like the realtor mm-hmm. thing uh townspeople predict failure immediately, which also happens with her you know they're they're questioning everything everything that Molly's doing about revamping the town mm-hmm. um Sort of shades of Salem's Lot in that too, because in Salem's Lot, uh, the antagonists open up a storefront, and it's sort of the cover for their operation being in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you haven't read Salem's <laughs> Lot, you should definitely get on that eventually. Uh, let's see, storefront is the former home of realtor, uh, of a realtor in the town, uh, still unsuccessful housing market in (laughs) castle rock i i didn't really mention that this book also takes place in castle rock uh and then
2: they're never gonna have that right exactly things are just (laughs) terrible
0: uh and then pangborn is in this book which is pretty much why i'm reading it Mm -hmm. um he's grieving his dead wife and son in this book and uh I, th- I kind of think that Ruth sort of represents his lost family. And they don't really even mention that in the show, I don't think.
2: No, they don't. They, I mean, he disappeared to, what, Texas? Yeah. And then came back.
0: Yeah. And I don't, like, I'm super early in the book, so I don't know if at the end of this book he ends up leaving the town or something like that. Yeah. But maybe they, the people that wrote the show just, like, figure you already kind of know the backstory of Pennymore so no sense in overcomplicating his backstory. You're going to get a lot of Mm Pangborn throughout the series, which we have, obviously.
1: Yes.
0: Um, let's see. Okay. So I believe that is all the notes that I took for that. Let's move on to episode six. Well, did you want to mention your thing first? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. What's up? Episode seven. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll (laughs) wait till we're starting that then. Um, Things we missed in episode six. Uh, there's mentioned themes of sons and fathers, Henry and Wendell. Mm-hmm. We didn't... This is something we didn't mention at all. Henry and Wendell. Uh, Wendell is like wanting his father to be around more, right? And Henry's pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, Henry looking for his dad, information on his dad and everything that surrounds that. Uh there's sort of a father son relationship between Odin and Willie. Yeah, kind of, sort of. A, Obviously, a they're sick not one. <laughs> yeah, a really weird. I don't know. <laughs> you, we we barely do, have any information. You do my ear, I'll do your ear yeah. type of relationship. <laughs> yeah. At least they have each other. <laughs> um, sort of between Henry and Pangborn. There's a. There's a tough love dad situation going on. Yeah. And then this might be a stretch, but between Pangborn and the kid, there's a sort of a thing. Yeah. At, especially at the end of episode six, there's like a thing, you know, he's like, I'm getting revenge on you. But but at the same time, he's coming and he he's going to the junkyard to help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's extending himself to the kid a little bit. So there's sort of like a thing there between them. Dark Tower Connections, um, I have these on my notepad here. Uh, the lake is a possible gateway, or in the Dark Tower series they call it a thinny,
1: okay. between
0: universes or realities. I don't, I, I mean, I I can't imagine I didn't mention that at some point in the course of the podcast that we've been doing, but like, yeah. I feel like last episode we should have, <laughs> Uh yeah the entire concept that Owen is talking about is relative to the dark tower stuff, so um, and the ringing is also something that the thin the thinny or the doorway between universes actually does like as you get closer to it, you're hearing a ringing mm-hmm. so um, yeah, all of that is pertinent, right right, um, I know that there's more. Yes. Okay. So, there's also, and the, these were mentioned in the uh, the Watchers Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to be added to that, just mention it to me. It's pretty late in the season for it, though. <laughs> uh, okay. So there's an it connection that Corey mentioned, and then, uh, shit. Is her name Jennifer? Jessica? Jennifer? It starts with a J. Oh, uh... I feel so bad that I don't remember. Well anyway, she was nominated for the uh, the church creed thing last week. And she lives in Tanawanda. I know a lot about her. <laughs> she lives in Tanawanda. <laughs> and the reason I know that is um from her Facebook profile it says it. And it Tanawanda pinged in my head because every time I die is from Tanawanda. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of them, right? They're yeah. like a punk rock heavy metal band. Anyway, there's an it connection that Corey mentioned and uh, that she reiterated. Between 91, the trunk incident, and 2018 is exactly 27 years, which 27 years is the amount of time between the reappearance of... Uh, Pennywise.
2: Right. And you know, I did think about that, but I th- only thought of it. I didn't think of them just using the 27 years mm-hmm. as the Easter egg. I was trying to think if it was the same 27 years yeah, and it wasn't. yeah. And I was like, oh, disregard that. But yeah, I overlooked.
0: Yeah. I also did. so kudos. Definitely. And I don't know if that means that the kid is they. What we were saying what was kind of being tossed back and forth is that maybe the kid is some form of Pennywise. And he played Pennywise. <laughs> so the whole thing is just like layers and layers of stuff. Um, another fan contribution that must be mentioned, my new guitarist, Jared Green. He's actually the guitarist in my band. He's not like my guitarist. <laughs> He's
2: just He just follows you around. In
0: my solo band. Uh, he contributed on our uh, Instagram stuff. So, there's two different things. uh, Nicole. Nicole. Oh, wow. I was way (laughs) off, wasn't I? Sorry, Nicole. We love you. Just just, just edit that all out. (laughs) Yeah, just nod it. All right. So, we'll just say from here. I'm definitely not going to edit. So, uh, anyway. Jarrett mentioned that uh, Roy Orbison being used in the show a few episodes ago. Is another sort of David Lynch connection, which, if you recall, I was talking about Twin Peaks, how the Casco is wrapped in plastic, mm-hmm. and then they played like a theme. Well, I don't know what's <laughs> happening there. <laughs> That's not an interruption. We're continuing. Um, so might, Orbison might be a David Lynch connection, and maybe because King and Lynch are both interested in the dark side of post-war suburban America, post World War II, mm-hmm. uh, and Orbison's a good symbol for that? Question mark. <laughs> And he also mentioned that inmates are also fighting fires in California right now. Oh, damn. Yeah. So that's worth mentioning. Uh, Also, Jarrett mentioned that he was considering the Norse mythology connections like Ruth with the chess pieces as Vikings and how Alan says she's like a warrior, you Mm -hmm. know, and then she goes in talking about female Viking warriors. Um. He says that Odin uh, shows up, so the name Odin, uh, with his ears plugged out instead of his eye. So that's mm. in Norse mythology, traffic. right? Yeah. Uh, Willy instead of No. <laughs> and a Hot Poker instead of Gungear, which I'm not really sure what that means. But it has... It like, doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> um, he says, reading a bit about Odin also explained the Iceland poster and uh he was already thinking of the kid as Loki. So hmm. there's a lot there that needs to be like further looked into. I told I replied to him, "We have almost zero knowledge on Norse mythology, <laughs> but those are those connections are gold." <laughs> so uh, if he wants to further elaborate on the message board, that would be awesome. Uh I honestly between this show, two podcasts, uh the band and work and other shows that I also like, <laughs> I don't have time and laundry. and yeah, I mean, Jimmy, if Jimmy's taught me anything, laundry takes up a lot of my time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another Jimmy reference for whenever he gets to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you, Jarrett. That was awesome. Yes. you are certainly one of the people that is being considered for this week's Church Creed Award. Which, by the way, corporate came down hard on us about that, <laughs> and damn um, corporate there have been some people that will be that were previous winners that will be excluded, so that means people that are included from here on out that aren't involved in podcasts or podcasting with us have an even greater chance of winning our fucking awesome prizes, yeah, so
2: that's awesome for you. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's awesome for Jarrett because he is this week's winner. Congratulations, oh. Jarrett. I'm just making an executive decision because that is some serious deep dive looking into stuff. Like I, know, I would we never to, go. Look, we gotta Google some shits. To... That's what I'm saying. I and I don't have time, so hopefully he does it for us. <laughs> yeah. Figure out what that
2: one word means. That was Dear also Lord. like Gun a gear. hot poker. Yeah.
0: It's a. It's, I mean, he. I guess he's implying it's some kind of weapon. That was. <laughs>
2: can't, yeah. If it's either or, yeah. it can't be good.
0: Jesus. I mean. Thank you. Jarrett for doing our job for us that's all i can say actually i mean somebody uh, like i love it when listeners contribute like that because they're filling in blanks no of course you know what i mean and we do our best to get everything that we can but it's it's actually impossible yeah so let's get to the episode shall we how many fucking minutes are we into this art we're already 20 minutes in holy fucking shit
2: okay so first off i want to ask you when did i text you last week and say I had a crazy theory.
0: Uh, do you know if it was a text or a? I believe it was a text. It was a Facebook message because. Oh, it was. Yes, I'm gonna dig into it.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, speaking of that, the apocalypse that was going on outside earlier. Okay. I just got a phone call and a text message and I'm sure an email from the school saying that the buses are delayed.
0: Yeah. Uh side note, on the way here, Debbie had to warn me that there was gonna be horrendous traffic or something because there's <laughs> helicopters. Something um, happened. Many sirens. It was
2: on Facebook Live.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was all over the place. So uh Yeah, so luckily I didn't get here that late, but... Not as late as you could have. (laughs) There was an apocalypse, as she mentioned, so...
2: There had to have been... Well, we know, but... I don't Weird accidents.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, 30 just gets completely insane when there's anything happening, so... Uh, I can't find the message, but... but, uh, I mean, you were leading to something, so...
2: Yeah, well, so... Sometime last week I couldn't go to sleep because
0: it was Saturday. Okay. It was like Saturday or Sunday.
2: Yeah, I found it. Yeah, Saturday Saturday morning. Okay. We were we were chatting. Yes. And I said that I couldn't get to sleep because I kept thinking about something with the show. Okay. And I didn't want to tell you what it was because I felt like it was such a like crazy idea that Okay. But I should have said something. Oh, and I was thinking about it last week when we podcasted. Mm-hmm. In the back of my mind, because things kept pointing me in this direction. Okay, but again, it just seemed so implausible that I just felt like it would just sound stupid. But I should have said something because before the episode started, and I showed this to Nick, and I said, "You are my proof." I thought this. So you predicted anything. something,
0: and then it happened.
2: It. I'm thinking it's happening.
0: Okay, so you're not sure if it's happening still. <laughs>
2: Who knows with this show? Okay, so,
0: do, so what is it?
2: So I, I wrote down the kid, Pastor Deaver, what's the connection? Because that's really been what's bugging me for the past couple episodes is I just felt like they had some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And into last week, it finally like, you know, before I'm trying to go to bed on a Friday night, I'm like, what if they're the fucking same person?
0: Yeah, and then in this episode, we see something that leads us to believe that <sighs> might be...
2: And I am so mad at myself, because I did not say anything.
0: Well, it's not 100% for sure yet. No, but... So, but they do overlap.
2: If, if this is what it...
0: Very it's... clearly in this episode, they overlap, so...
2: So so this was my, my thinking of yep. it, because Pastor Deaver, you know... Dies or whatever, like he he jumps off that cliff. I'm thinking he jumped. Now I don't think like he was pushed. I think some weird thing happened, mm-hmm. and he jumped off this cliff. Mm-hmm. And around that same time, this kid appears, right? And then he gets locked in a hidey hole, and then reappears, and all this shit starts happening. And then this episode happens, and I'm yeah. like,
0: and I and <sighs> I I might be mistaken, but I don't think that the former warden lacey and Pangborn ever mention the pastor deaver in any of their kid conversation like i don't think there's any overlap there i don't think so, they know
1: yeah. i
2: think i think pastor deaver was talking to the devil not god yeah and i think some it's, i mean something it's certainly happened. possible and like, maybe I, maybe warden lazy really was talking to god quote unquote
0: he thinks he's God. Right, he thinks that the voice is God.
2: Right, and God told him to hide away this kid because yeah. maybe, you know, yeah. maybe Pastor Deaver did some weird voodoo shit in the woods with those other two fellas and so messed with the devil and now he's like within, inside this kid or yeah. something. So lining out the, the theory,
0: lining out the theory is that the kid is not the devil.
2: Or is some kind of devil, right, but well, also pastor Okay,
0: evil. yeah, so the kid is the devil. The voice told him to hide the kid because he's an evil force. Mm-hmm. The, the pastor was dangerously close to this evil force.
2: And somehow is not connected with it. I feel like yeah. they're one and the same now.
0: I mean... It's as close to a, a theory as we can get, like a good theory as we can get at this point. You know what I mean? Because things happen in this episode that really lead you to that side, for sure. Yeah. And okay. as soon
2: as this episode started, I was like, fuck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if this is true. Well, Nick's the proof. So. He is my proof. Uh, and if you're wondering where Nick has been, he's <laughs> back at work. So. Oh, wah, wah. Yeah. I mean, his minute with Nick segment didn't go amazingly anyway the first no. time he tried to do it. So, because
2: <laughs> he's doing it in like the other room and then come over here yeah, he and moved he had from the like, a, gallery had, like a 20 segment. second.
0: Yeah. And he's like, I liked it. <laughs> it's okay, Nick. Um, I don't know if he listens to these or not, but anyway.
2: No, because he mentioned something last night and I was like, well, yeah.
0: If you listen, yeah, <laughs> you would know we already talked about it. Dick. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm working.
2: Oh, whatever. He he has um, a two-hour break in yeah. the middle of his day.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's perfect enough for him to listen to our episodes now. <laughs> right? Oh, Jesus. Okay, so let's get to this episode, shall we? Yes. Entitled The Queen. And we're going to do it just like we've been doing it, even though Mike told me he wishes we wouldn't break down everything in the episode. Sorry, Mike. It's happening. Ruth enters a storage room or a room with a whole bunch of stuff in it. It sort of looks like an attic. We're not really sure yet. Mm-hmm. She grabs uh, a revolver, and someone is coming.
2: Yeah, she's scared.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, some disjointed sort of uh, stuff going on. We don't. We we know she's scared. We know there's something ominous happening, but mm-hmm. we're not really sure. Quickly, we move to a view of the dog during the Alan gift giving the chess set scene.
2: Yeah, so there's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. And a lot of flashbacks intermingled with new things that we hadn't seen yet, like piecing the story together. Sure,
0: yeah. And, and, uh,
2: so it's going to be we're breaking it down.
0: Basically, it's a it ends up being a Ruth centric episode, but we get to see scenes from previous episodes from another perspective.
1: Right. It's and they're
2: episode, interlaced. Yeah, they're just, and it's seamless, right. and it's 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 great. I love Before, this episode. I
0: loved it too. It's an episode that's completely unlike any of the other ones, which makes it super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like I said, the Pangborn gift giving, the chess set scene. You kind of see the dog, and you see her let the dog out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she apparently was the one who let the dogs out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I did not write that down, by the way. That just happened. Uh, The TV shows that it's just before New Year's Eve. Uh, There's like a parade on the TV or something. Uh, Then the dog, we find out, is hit by a large truck in the street. Ruth uh, confuses the dog with Puck who was apparently Henry's dog as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then Alan uh, is with the dog and the person who hit the dog, and he has a knife. And um, he's telling her she should probably go inside. Right? And then before she goes inside, she says that she's upset by... She feels guilty about the old dog, right? Yeah. And um she alan says that she she's bearing let's see what does he say burying one dog pays a debt on the other so yeah she feels like by bearing this one she's putting to rest the other one right so then right after this ruth wakes up
2: in that suitcase
0: uh burying the dog in the suitcase Yeah, yeah 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 Uh, then very quickly, Ruth wakes up and the dog is alive again. So we're like, okay, so obviously this is some disjointed storytelling here, right? Yeah. We're going back and forth. Um,
2: well, did you mention though, that this is where she tells Alan that you don't know what he was capable of? Oh yeah. That's Speaking right. Speaking of Matthew saying right. that she thought that he poisoned he the, dog, killed the dog and she never went to look, but there were turkey vultures swarming the backyard. Right.
0: Uh, so, yeah, so then that's where we go to the next scene.
2: Our hand is bleeding.
0: Right. She wakes up. Dog's alive. She walks down the hall, and then we go forward in time to the scene where Henry first got home, right?
2: Do we go forward in scene, or... See, I...
0: Well, because the dog is not alive in... When Henry comes home. So... She wakes up and sees the vision of the dog like like it's it's uh, throughout the episode the dog shows up. It seems like he's like the ghost of the dog and it's I like f- hunting her.
2: I f- I feel like the go- or the dog was showing her was like her guide dog yeah, throughout I- this entire episode sure. like helping her to figure out like her next step. But for me this episode was very confusing because mm. I wasn't sure if you know, because she is in her bedroom, she sees the dog, she gets up, her hand's bleeding. Mm. She leaves the hallway, her hand's fine. She comes downstairs, and it's immediately that scene from the first episode right, where, right, right, right. where they're Henry having that conversation. And-, and she and she mentions the sheets. Mm-hmm. So, in her mind, like, all of that is very seamless. So, um, I was just, you know...
0: Like I said, it's very disjointed. Going
2: back to that first episode, is that what she thought had happened when she came down the steps?
0: Yeah, I think so. And like I said, it's like filling in blanks from before. Because she does seem kind of confused when she's standing there in the first episode. And but, Yeah,
2: and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, the sheets. Yeah,
0: the continuity uh, aspect had to be like crazy for them to try to juggle all this stuff around. Oh my God,
2: yeah. No wonder she was always wearing the same hairstyle pulled yeah. over.
0: So then she goes, like you said, she mentions the sheets, she runs upstairs, she goes to grab the sheets, and there's a gun on the shelf in the closet, which we don't, you know, we saw that in the opening scene, but we don't really know what that's about. Right. Uh, yeah, and and this is where I start to get the feeling like I don't think it's as simple as she's forgetting stuff, like that she has to mention. I think it's definitely, she's being triggered by crazy trauma or some kind mm-hmm. of death or crazy situation is happening. And in the last episode, we... We come from the last episode where some crazy shit is going down. So you feel like it yeah. feels like she's being triggered and now she she's all over the place. Right.
2: Something happened.
0: And kind. Of, I feel like watching this episode is kind of like what it's like to live as her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we're seeing all these new these perspective her perspective in all these scenes no wonder
2: she's always confused yeah because she's going from one timeline in her life jumping immediately to something else yeah and 30 years have passed
0: yeah this is the most westworld like episode (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) which might make it confusing to listen to too i don't know we'll see what people think about this episode but anyway um we go to ruth getting tests again Mm -hmm. after the bridge incident yes Doctor wants her to change her living arrangements and thinks that will help her get a grip on reality again.
2: And Alan is not happy.
0: Right. And the dialogue in this is also presented in a very distorted way. Yeah, it's in and out. Yeah, and you can like sort of hear the Doctor muffled and stuff between her thoughts and Pangborn being mad mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, So... Alan is skeptical, and then we go back to her house, and that's where she's saying all she needs is a system. Right. And Alan is getting ready to leave for the junkyard. Right. Um, Ruth then sees herself reading to Wendell, so she's like, uh, she's standing there. We see her. Our version of she grabs all the
2: pieces and puts them in her pockets.
0: Right. And we we see our version of Ruth standing there, watching her on the couch talk, reading to Wendell. Right.
2: No, it was young Henry.
0: Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. I guess I I think later on she's talking to Wendell and I confused them or something. Yeah. Um. So, she's, then she... Oh, that's she, right. So she's she talking to Henry on his piece. birthday.
2: Yeah. So, well, no. So, first she sees uh, herself with young Henry on the couch and she puts a chess piece down. And then she turns around.
0: And it's the... The scene where she's talking to Henry on his birthday.
2: Yeah, about his seventh birthday not remembering. Yeah,
0: and we're getting a little more conversation there than we had before. Right. And then
2: she puts a chess piece down. Yeah. And and she starts putting them everywhere. Right. And, and then, then we um, see Ruth and Alan in bed. Yeah, there's, like, there's a cute scene. Tricks. There's a cute
0: scene between them doing magic, right? Yeah, he I really like her,
2: that. Yeah, he shows her how to like palm something.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that they actually put that in. 'Cause I like that there are interspersed moments of happiness. Yeah, it was because,
1: sweet.
0: Jesus. I mean <laughs> it's this show's getting real dark, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um Theory proven Alan Pangborn is magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to mention that. Uh, then we see Wendell arriving.
2: Yeah, and she does another chess piece.
0: And he's reading from the uh the funeral mm-hmm. uh yeah, they're in the kitchen. The funeral notes or whatever that they give out at the funeral home. And and this
2: triggers Ruth because he starts reading part of what used to be a sermon.
0: Yeah, the apocalypse type stuff.
2: Yeah. the It was his immortality sermon.
0: Yeah. Um. I feel like there's going to be cat munching noises the entire podcast.
2: <laughs> they don't eat yeah. when I put the food out.
0: So they wait. Until uh, we're doing this. <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess. Like, it's better than sirens.
2: Yeah. Which one's eating now? It's
0: Venom. Is he eating everybody's food?
2: Because he's a fatty and just well, eats from everybody's I body. I don't know.
0: He's in one dish right now, so I don't know.
2: Is he in the one over there?
0: No, he's in the one by the door.
2: That's Nicholas' special food? <laughs> That's a special kidney diet Well, food. Nicola
0: was done. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, let's see here. So, then we move to the church. Mm -hmm. Pastor Deaver's reading the same passage. It seamlessly moves to that while the son is reading it. Um, And then Ruth eyes young Alan and Deaver sees it. Yeah, he does. So, we we finally kind of fill in the blank there of whether or not Deaver knew about (laughs) their (laughs) thing. He fucking knew. Yeah. And what's also interesting is that now... That we see this scene, we kind of are aware that Ruth's age doesn't change. Like, she is seeing this in, as present. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the way that she sees the world is present day. So, they show her as present day. Right. She and doesn't... that also saves on makeup and stuff, probably. <laughs> and CG well, they, effects.
2: They show her young ones. Right. Right. Yeah. And
0: But you also see her in her own present in that same scene. You know what I mean? So, um
2: And she puts a chess piece down at the church.
0: Yeah. And uh so then we go to lunch scene, right? The lunch. We're we're, back in the kitchen. Right. And then the kid is outside the window.
2: Yes. And she says, I thought we buried him in that suit.
0: Right. Um so then Roos starts seeing leaves all over the floor. In the house, right? Yeah. And she sort of transported to the woods with Henry and his dad. Yeah, young Henry. Young Henry, right. And I got to remember to say that because <laughs> <laughs> it very much will confuse people if they're like, wait, wasn't Henry? Huh? <laughs> so anyway. Uh,
2: yeah, it, They're going on a picnic.
0: Yeah, but it looks like... At first, she's in one of the scenes from the camcorder, or she's in one of the scenes from his visions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you see that no, she also went out with them once or twice or whatever. Right. And this is one of those occasions where they're going to have a picnic. Mm hmm. And it's just a lovely picnic with the fans. It looks like it might be nice. Mm hmm. They brought a blanket. And then it's not. Nope. It's very much not. Nope. (laughs) Um,. The dad pulls out.
2: First off, he says, let the woods say grace. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. And I don't have any notes anymore. (laughs)
0: That's enough. (laughs) Uh, He pulls out the same gun that we saw earlier.
2: I think he got it from Walmart. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) He tells the story of his near suicide in these very same woods, which...
2: He's very proud of it.
0: Right. Um, God's voice stopped him from doing that. Ruth says, they need to see the doctor immediately. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Need- she's the voice of reason at this point.
2: Yeah, she's like, we need to have um scrape that shit out.
0: Right. So I didn't know what that meant at that no. time. I was like, w- something fucked up is going on. I was thinking alien in the brain. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just scrape that guy out.
0: We I thought we decided it wasn't aliens.
1: Oh, well, you, never, you never, know. never Until the end, you never know. You never know.
0: Check out Under the Dome for that horrible nonsense at <clears> the <throat> end, in my opinion. Um. She says that the doctor said to look for signs while she's talking about scraping all the (laughs) horribleness out of his brain area. And um, we go back to Ruth and Wendell and uh, the scene where she's talking to him about keeping his mouth shut. Yeah. Right. Uh, Then we go to Wendell showing Ruth the video game. We get more of that.
2: Yeah. He calls her a time walker. And says, and she says she's got to stay sharp. Like right. that's what she takes away from that game.
0: Yeah, he's telling her she has to stay sharp in order to be able to defeat the monsters in this video game. Mm-hmm. So then, so
2: she throws out all her medication. Yeah, she's like
0: staying sharp <laughs> equals throwing out all these meds. I'm I can't sure say s- she's wrong though.
2: No, but I'm sure some of them do good things.
0: Sure, uh, like one
2: of them's like a heart medication.
0: Yeah, but right now she's very much, like, not in her own head. She's all over she's the place. She's way too much in her own head. Yeah. I, well, yeah, we are, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's weird.
2: It's confusing. Scary.
0: But they they actually do a good job of telling the story in a straight line still. Like, yep. as long as you stay anchored with her, you can understand where the story's going. Right. So, um... Instead of the kid walking in, as we saw in the last episode. Yeah, when she drops
2: all the medication.
0: Yeah. Ruth sees Matthew. the dead husband. Matthew. Right. Enter and remove his shoes. And
2: and remember, I said last podcast, that's exactly, that's what really triggered in my brain that they're the same person. Mm-hmm. Because they had the same mannerisms.
0: Sure. And uh, the shoes thing. Yeah. Right. So. Because
2: I was like, he's like Mr. Rogers. Right. But really, he's he's fucking Matthew.
0: Yeah. I, I mean,
2: he's not fucking Matthew. Be- he is Matthew. <laughs>
0: because he's it's okay. You're just, you're just loose, loose with your expletives today, and that's okay. Uh, because he's a pastor, you expect a certain quality in him, right?
1: <laughs> <I'm> gonna,
0: <laughs> sunglasses are going this. down. I'm gonna be with those. <laughs>
1: Damn it, venom. oh
0: that does count venom almost knocked my sunglasses off the table and it instantly distracted both of us oh, venom he's like got a commanding lead right now by the way
2: yeah he's killing it
0: uh he tells uh ruth to go to bed at, which is not something that the kid said as far as i can remember in the last episode um, and then there is TV news of the burning Juniper Hill Hospital. Mm-hmm. They say there's like 14 dead or something there. I don't know that that's the exact number, but anyway, uh, the kid is shown as a suspect.
2: Yeah, how did they get that mugshot of him so quick?
0: Well, um, yeah, that's uh, maybe that's a, a plot hole or whatever. <laughs> If we're going to be nitpicky, like, how do they have such <laughs> how a How did they get
2: this RV in the woods? Yeah. Well, Where are they a, taking photos?
0: That's a... The RV is an unbelievable, huge thing that just, we may get more just information on. Yeah. Maybe it's the Magic School Bus.
2: <laughs> <gasps> yes!
0: Did you ever think of that?
2: No, but it could be. What was her name, Mrs... Miss
0: Lippy? No, that's wrong. That's from, uh...
2: Oh, that's from...
0: An Adam Sandler movie? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Billy Madison?
0: Crazy Misses Something. Damn it. Mm. Google it while I continue on. Um, so, we go back to the past. Henry and Ruth are playing a guessing game while Ruth is in the bathtub, which this <gasps> Weird. is... Weird! Sort of creepy.
2: Because that kid's way too old to be in the... Miss Frizzle.
0: Miss Frizzle, that's right. Uh... So the dad interrupts this. The pastor interrupts this. And
2: they immediately stop laughing.
0: Yeah. And he uh, tells Ruth that he's hidden the bullets. So he says he will never find them, Mm -hmm. which I guess he's referring to Henry, which why is he looking for bullets? I don't know. Also, the dad, this is his only like moment of rationality where we get with him where he's like. It's kind of weird that you guys are playing games while you're in the tub, and he's sitting there on the toilet.
2: Yeah, but I, I feel like it was meant to not be rational.
0: No, 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 no. And obviously, this is in jest a little bit, but I yeah. still think it's sort of weird. It is weird. <laughs> he's not wrong, is what I'm trying to say. No, he's definitely not. Like, I but he's like, also not 100% right, so there's a, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, he's, you know... He takes it a step too far right. by saying, like, he's not even your real son, and yeah. he's too old for this. And...
0: Yeah, you just kind of get more of the awfulness of yeah, the dad in this person. episode. We go back to the present again. See, we're all over the place.
2: Oh, and then he makes a dig at Allen. Oh, that's right. Because he says yeah. you can't trust the sheriff in this town or all whatever.
0: Right. Yeah, well, he's more trustful, more trustworthy than you are, and I just made up a word, by the way, and it's <laughs> trustful. So... <laughs> I'm gonna write that down as a potential title for this episode. That is a word now. Mhm. We go back to the present. She's in the attic looking for the bullets. She still doesn't know where they are. Uh the kid goes to or do, is that where she tells her or that he tells her the the her birthday is the uh where the bullets are? No, not that one. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't I don't think I ever wrote that down. So, anyway, the kid goes to the garage. Yeah. My, and this is in present day, by the way. Uh Molly arrives at the house and the doorbell rings. Yep. Uh Ruth goes and answers it. Molly knows that Henry's in trouble, just yeah, like we do. Yeah. Uh and she I'm guessing she's relying on the baby monitor of Henry in her brain. Mhm. <laughs> And, and Ruth is
2: like, Where are we? Yeah. <laughs>
0: and um <laughs> Ruth still thinks that the kid is Pastor Deaver. Mm-hmm. Uh
2: and and Ruth says, I saw you in my bedroom yeah. that
0: night. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that revelation which was insane that she noticed her and you did kind of see her stir in the bed yeah so she was like i saw we you in sure. my
2: bedroom you were a little girl and molly's like i'm sorry right and ruth says he's back i'm gonna go fix it mm-hmm. and then locks her out and he's like peace yeah i don't care
0: about my boy at the moment <laughs> and then molly probably takes off in her mazda
2: yeah 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 to search for henry
0: yeah wherever the fuck he is in that rv now
2: He's in an RV. He's in a safe in an RV in, in the woods. In a magic RV, yes.
0: That can teleport in and out of the woods without roads. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't <laughs> need roads. Well, see, but see, roads. <laughs> I was gonna say that's another Adam Sandler movie, but There's it's not. So
2: many references.
0: Uh yeah so okay so we should get back on track with this episode (laughs) we're back in the living room the kid puts vinyl on again he's a super vinyl head apparently
2: yeah oh and the picture's hung back up the one that was broken Mm -hmm. of the picture perfect family
0: he puts on blue moon which uh there's you instantly kind of see through Ruth's perspective that she recognizes the song
2: this was the moment where I think I said
0: oh fuck yeah because things are bad
2: well, because my theory is starting to really come to fruition, mm-hmm. so I was like really upset with myself.
0: And we get more because uh, he says of that
2: he says he found the picture, and then he asks if she remembers this song. Mm-hmm. And I was like,
0: "Motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> so then he dances with her, which yeah, uh, is very weird.
2: So this also refer. Um, remember, um, in, um. That movie, the Stephen King movie with the boy and his mom and they uh they can they turn into cats. Uh what is that? Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers. Yeah. They dance in the living room, uh-huh. I think, to this song.
0: Really? I'm
2: pretty sure.
0: That would make sense because it's a moon song. I don't remember it for sure. I can't I can't uh confirm or deny, but
2: I'm pretty sure because I really I loved that movie growing up. There was no Easter
0: egg that I did not know about, so well done. Yeah. Golf collab.
2: Thank you. If I'm right.
0: <laughs> if you're right. I'm sure someone will call us on it if you're not. Uh,
2: yeah. And then he's, he says your husband played it at your wedding.
0: Yeah. So he knows a lot about her. Yeah. This um, is where
2: she asks about the combinations of the safe.
0: Okay. Yeah, And that's he right. tells
2: her it's her birthday. Yeah.
0: Um, he has, She asks him to make her food.
2: Because she says she feels light in the head.
0: Yeah, and I think she's just buying time. Yeah, because he he
2: knows. Yeah, because I think what she's hoping is he doesn't know that she knows, Mm -hmm. but she knows. Right. So she's playing up the fact that he doesn't know she knows.
0: (laughs) Clear as
1: mud. Yes. (laughs)
2: Because they don't know that we know that they know we know.
0: So let's just move forward. (laughs) The kid seems uh, threatening. And the strings ramp up and the tension ramps up and uh, she is like, as she's going to get the kid out, you hear him being like, where are you? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So well, that's where t- we're like, oh shit, what's about to happen? Yeah.
2: Cause she gets Wendell the fuck out of there. Yeah. And he's like, where'd the kid go?
0: Right. And um, this is where we start to think, okay, she's going to make an attempt at the safe mm-hmm. s- sometime really soon. Yeah. Um, Then we go back to the past again. Ruth is talking to Henry. Um,
2: Young Henry has a fever. Right. He's and sick. he
0: apparently has been trying to play hooky because it's right after um, Well, the dad has been really mean to him. Right? Well,
2: yeah. Well, but he, he has a fever because his dad keeps sending him out in the woods right. at it's,
0: night. He's scared after like the woods incident with the mom. And then again, mm-hmm. he takes him out again and uh, she thinks he's going to get sick or whatever, or he is sick. He is sick. Um, She mentions in this conversation that the dad had glioma, which I'm sure is a thing, but I didn't look it up.
2: It is a thing. It's a terrible-sounding thing. Yeah. It can act like it's fine for weeks or months and then come back. Yeah, it's a brain cancer. Um, So Pastor Deaver seems to think God cured it, though. mm
0: Mm-hmm. And this is where I wrote, dad is confirmed, underlined, nuts. <laughs> uh, and he's wearing a Cosby sweater, so even more kind of crazy feels <laughs> we get from him. And then Ruth tells Henry to tell him what he wants to hear. And I wrote, bad idea, Ruth. Yeah. Terrible idea. Yeah,
2: don't just say you hear God's voice.
0: Uh, And Henry kind of has a look on his face. He's like, what else am I supposed to do? You know? Mm-hmm. He's in a terrible situation. Kind of everybody is this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then we go to police station.
2: Well, but we're still in the bedroom. So she looks over and she sees young Alan talking to her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and he,
2: and he's he's in a police station and she's in the bedroom. And Mm -hmm. when she gets up, all of a sudden she's walking into a police station.
0: Yeah. I kind of like, I hope that I like in my head, I wish that they did this kind of stuff still practically like, the sets were built yeah. together and they just pan over, but mm-hmm. I think it's more of a CG thing now. Cause it's, yeah. just, it's cheaper for them to do it that way, you know, and to have a whole set built where it's two combined sets seems totally impractical and the lighting's completely different. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I just thought it would be cool if they did it that way, but I don't think they did. Um, so yeah, we're in the police station. Young Ruth is talking to young Alan and this is sort of around the time of the church thing like Mm -hmm. they look about the same age as as then right right or at least Pangborn does yeah um and i wrote that she still doesn't look younger at all even though like they sort of like make her hair a little bit more red and that kind of stuff yeah but they don't do too much they touch up a little bit um but she
2: she goes there because the dog is lost mm -hmm. and
0: uh yeah alan tells her that she should leave town with him
2: yeah because she thinks that her husband did it right he's like well let's just pack a suitcase and leave yeah and take henry obviously
0: alan also gets the crazy feels from the pastor too like he knows stuff's going on i i don't think that this is the first time that they've you know had conversations like this no i mean maybe not about the dog but about him being insane
2: yeah because he's like as a sheriff there's nothing really you can do right as a friend we need to go
0: and he they're like you know you get the feeling they're like on the verge of making this a thing Mm -hmm. you know making this plan go to the point where she's even like i don't want to leave my son he's like take him with us yeah like why would you leave him right your husband will probably murder him in the woods (laughs) anyway um then she's like no no okay and then another uh another um employee or whatever at the a, a deputy at, we think at the station walks in and yeah. kind of catches them in a sort of maybe a little too close for uh for comfort uh sheriff client relationship yes. you know what i mean like yeah. they, she they're sort of touching hands at that moment and she walks in it's like oh
1: uh,
2: yeah when you jump apart that never looks yeah, good
0: no it doesn't <laughs> So, okay, so from there we go back to the house.
2: Yeah, it morphs from Matthew's voice saying over hard into the kid's voice, and she's holding a chess piece, and he's serving her food. Like, he made her eggs.
0: hmm and uh, she finds the poison in the trash. So that confirms that the pastor killed the dog.
2: Mm-hmm. He found, found her pills in the garbage, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, you better take this that it is.
0: Right, and... Uh, we also, before, I think right before that we see her looking like towards the woods in the backyard and seeing the vultures in the sky, Uh, like right after she finds the poison. Yeah. And then it goes to the kid and her and he's handing her breakfast or I guess it's a, so brunch Brenner, whatever. (laughs) Uh, and you know, like I said, like a couple of sweet moments put in here and there. I feel like a kid serving you breakfast is sort of disarming of him. It's like not a thing we would expect, right?
2: No, this motherfucker is the pastor. He, nothing he does is cute or sweet, except for he well, does smile in this scene, yeah, that's and what it's I mean, the like, creepiest fucking makes her smile.
0: Breakfast and like it looks like it's pretty damn good, and maybe it's just because like I was hungry while I was watching <laughs> it. But I did write awe and underline it, so it felt sweet to me. I, Obvi- and, but there's like, obviously ulterior motives. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's yeah, because
2: he says to her, it's better this way, just the two of us. Yeah. And she's like. he tells her
0: to take the sedative. So it's like, obviously, he wants her dumbed down so she doesn't fucking run or whatever. Yeah.
2: And then she's like, what was that ritual I always had before bed? And he's like, oh, a bath. I'll yeah. run it for you. So this motherfucker.
0: He get, well, but she gets him away again. And that's when. Uh, so, OK. Yeah. So the kid leaves to draw a bath she goes for the attic now. Yeah. And it's in the safe. And it's one of those I feel like that's such a plot device though, like put the bullets in the safe so that when she's up there, there there's the bath running, there's mm-hmm. the kid in the other room, we don't know how long it's going to take him. Yeah. And she's up there trying to get the code before he comes looking. It's like classic ramping up tension oh, stuff, of you know what I mean? Which I it totally all works, but obviously it's like a total it's a Device, You know what I mean? Um, the kid's yelling for her and he does not sound happy. Uh, and I wrote in here uh, a question and the, for And you. there's no bullets
2: in there in the safe.
0: Right. Uh, and I, I wanted to question this to you. Why is skipping vinyl so creepy? Because this is where the vinyl starts yeah. skipping. And like we saw that the last episode. It's skipping at the same moment in the song. Mm-hmm. But that's it's always like. If you just hear repeating thing over and over, I don't it's know. so weird.
2: I, I guess because it's unnerving.
0: Yeah. And that kind of also relates to the noise sort of theme mm-hmm. that is underrunning all, all the time, too. You know what I mean? The yeah. the, uh, the drone or whatever. The dark tower thinny that we mentioned <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, so then, again, we see some creepy stuff. Through a screen, which makes it way scarier. Yeah, Him, like, searching around for her.
2: Yeah, so she's hiding in the bathtub, and the water's still running, and yeah. it's overflowing. And she's hiding behind a clear curtain.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, very much, <clears throat> like, The Shining. Yeah. She's hiding in the... Well, we see... So, uh, it's like Psycho. Yeah, yeah, but just the camera shot of the tub... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ...is, like, always ingrained in your brain if you're a horror fan. Right, from kubrick's version
2: but why are you hiding behind the clear shower curtain i mean she just like
0: isn't thinking and is like
2: it's like a little kid hiding yeah
0: (laughs) but she she's so unnerved that she just hides in the first place that she could think to hide or wherever is near you know what i mean i don't i don't really know Or maybe
2: she's baiting him because he can see her yeah because she's got that knife
0: and then she stabs him, which I didn't expect. I expected him to be able to dodge it. And, and she then,
2: screams and she's like, who are you?
0: Yeah. And, and he says
2: smaller than... I heard that's
0: smaller than a teacup. Yeah, because uh, that's when they're doing the guessing game earlier in the episode. Oh, they yeah, say it, yeah. She, uh, he says that. I think Henry says that. Young Henry. I am pretty that. sure. It, well, one of them say it, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, okay, so then... And then stab she st- she stabs him, uh, and she goes to run, and we're transported to the I guess it's the uh, the wake.
2: Yeah, at their house. Yeah, which, and so all the people are dressed in black.
0: And that's a that's a thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, d- yeah, displaying, yeah, um Displaying a body inside your home, like mm-hmm. I feel like there's real certain sex that do that. Um. I don't know any offhand, but I know it's a thing. So um, Instead of the funeral home, at your actual home.
2: Right. So this scene reminded me of Carrie when Mm -hmm. she's in the locker room and all the girls are throwing tampons, screaming, plug it up, plug it up. Because she's like bumping into them. And when she's running through the house of the mourners, it just reminded me of that scene of her running through.
0: And that's also a classic thing of like ramping up tension. Mm -hmm. You're being closed in. Uh, the kid is right behind her. You know what I mean. In in the the scene that it, it, we just changed, transitioned from, right? The kid is like on her, really close. There's danger imminent. You know what I mean. And and that's just another form of that. She's surrounded by all these unfamiliar people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very ominous. Um, it's meant to make you uncomfortable, and it makes me super uncomfortable. <laughs> that like. I dude there's been times at concerts where I'm like claustrophobic. I do not like it. Mm-hmm. I'm like I need to go in by the bar or something where I can get some air,
2: go in the bathroom. Yeah, like <laughs> like
0: at a I remember specifically at a Slayer concert when I was like 15 and I'm like super young for a Slayer show at the pageant. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by these like giant sweaty metalhead people. I'm like I need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um I took the escape route by being going to the front row and then being lifted out of there. So instantly, I'm out of it. You nice. know what I mean? Yeah. And you get the escape route of going around. It's very nice. Okay, so anyway, Ruth sees herself packing a suitcase.
2: Yeah, she slams the door, and all of a sudden, she's in Henry's bedroom. Right, and she's begging Young herself. Henry.
0: She's begging herself to leave the pastor. Yeah. And, you know, at the plan that... Uh, Pangborn was suggesting. Right.
2: And so old Ruth is telling young Ruth to leave him Mm -hmm. because young Ruth is doubting herself.
0: We get another flash of the super angry dog this time. Mm -hmm. So dogs following her around from place to place. Um,
2: Is now, is this, this is where we see real young Ruth in the mourner's garb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's by the casket and young Deaver. Our uh, young Pangborn talks to her and says, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then she looks over and sees that uh, Pangborn is talking actually to young her. Right. Sitting down. Which is also a funeral thing. Like, the family sits up by the castle. And, and I, and and I think we saw
2: young Ruth again. Like, wasn't young Ruth the one packing the suitcase? Like, a different lady? I think so. In that so. scene? I think so.
0: Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I think you're right Like, it was that. a real young Ruth. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so after another wood trip, Ruth um, tries to stop it, right? And um, Henry lied to his dad and said that he heard the voice. So she's she's trying to intervene again.
2: Yeah, she wants to take the pastor to the doctor, and mm-hmm. she says, "Doctor Vargas."
0: Yeah, this is another kitchen scene, I think. Yeah, yeah.
2: She's saying, "I know you killed the dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm taking Henry." He says, "You never do." Yeah, you
0: can't leave because you didn't leave. Yeah, and um,
2: and then he says, um, "Ask me what you want to know. Where are the bullets?" Yeah. So this is
0: where the narrative becomes sort of detached from what we were seeing before, mm-hmm. which is before we were getting flashbacks, and now it becomes sort of this this unreal version of. The pastor. The pastor, the young version of the pastor where he's talking to her directly about what she has done and what she, like, throughout the years she has done, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's it seems she's talking to our Ruth who is experiencing all this disjointedness and not the Ruth of whatever flashback she's having. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a more direct answering of questions and situations that she's experiencing in real time
2: yeah and so this is where she figures out that she never took the bullets out of the suitcase Mm -hmm. she packed so they're packed with the dead
1: dog so
0: so we kind of (laughs) like see how ruth her brain is working now and she how she finally is able to piece something together to figure out where the bullets yeah right so uh she remembers that the bullets are in the suitcase, right? So then she goes and digs it up.
2: Yeah, and the the ghost dog is helping her dig. Yeah,
0: which is weird.
2: And when she opens the suitcase, he disappears, which is mm-hmm. why I felt he was more like her guide dog.
0: Totally, totally, you know? like, yeah.
2: Helped her come to the conclusion of the bullets.
0: Yeah, and that, and when you think about it like that, like the angry dog... Kind of is like a trigger for her to be like, listen to me. Yeah, like, you know wake I mean? up. Yeah, and she, and that's when we get the scene with her in the pastor. So then she mm-hmm. does. Right. She's like, oh, okay. I'm starting to get this now. Uh, okay, so then she does, she retrieves the bullets from the suitcase. She has to dig through a dead dog to do it, yeah. which is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sort of grossed me out because oh, it yeah, was right after I ate dinner. It looked like a real dog. Yeah, no, the special effects are great. Yeah. Um, so or terrible, then, however you want
2: to look at it. <laughs> well, it depends on if
0: you like practical effects, because that looks super like a dead it, it dog It depends
2: corpse. on if you like dogs, because well, if, there's that if you look at it and you're like, yeah. oh. Well, I
0: also like dogs, but and I hate dead dogs. I don't know. It's a it's a tough thing to watch. Yeah, <laughs> But it's also awesome. Anyway, the kid watches as she gets them out of the dead dog suitcase.
2: Yeah, he sees her through the window.
0: And um, he goes uh, to the garage, right?
2: She she runs to the garage, locks yeah. it up, yeah, and has like the gun pointed at the garage door. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we get tension rising again, mm-hmm. crazy music and disjointed dialogue of things that have been happening all throughout the episode. Right? She shoots kind of indiscriminately, yeah, the because door she opens. Hears noises and assumes. Or we assume, or whatever. That it's the kid. That it's the kid. Yeah. And it can only be the kid.
2: I didn't assume that at all.
0: Well, (laughs) as soon as we remember, like, this is happening, we remember what happened at the end of last episode. We're like, oh no, this is going to go bad. Very bad. Right? Uh, she kind of shoots without knowing what she's shooting at. And then a
2: lot, she shoots a lot of bullets.
0: We see a flash of someone with gray hair and we instantly know who it is before they do the reveal. She shot Alan. We see her. They do a slow reveal pan down at, to the body of Alan or to, well, he's not technically dead yet. Uh, we don't, my stomach is growling. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as an interruption or not. I don't think it does.
1: Not technically um, a cat noise. <laughs> Maybe it's Venom's stomach growling,
0: <laughs> even though he just ate. Nick, I think this counts as another one. Damn it, Venom!
2: He's not doing anything. He's just over here looking for love.
0: <laughs> well, now we're talking about him.
2: I've been petting him silently for the past <laughs> five minutes.
0: <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, okay, so yeah, Pangborn is shot. Yeah, and you know that. It sucks. We don't feel good <laughs> when we're watching this, because I fucking love Painborn. I know. But th- we still get another We still get a lot. Another little piece of a scene, which is her emerging from the garage. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. She walks out,
0: and it's sort of dawn is about to happen. She washes off.
2: Yeah, she goes back to the house like nothing happened. Like yeah. the kid is not there. Yeah. Yeah. As if she totally forgot about him.
0: And she, but she's washing, and I don't think i don't recall seeing any of the house being all messed up or anything while she's like washing off i don't know they didn't show any of it i don't know if like they just didn't show it as she goes up to wash off or what but
2: well i think i think now we're in we're in memory land
0: well it goes it, i think after she washes off it goes back to so who maybe she... but anyway she go this the scene that it goes to now and then we'll we'll go back yeah. a little bit and talk about it but it goes to a scene where uh, the scene where Alan returns to the town that we'd never saw before. Where yeah. So
2: she the doorbell rings again, and I thought I thought it was gonna be Molly again. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize we were seeing the scene where Alan comes back into her life. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the the from the inside, it's it's a scene looking out from inside towards the front door, mm-hmm. and it sort of looks like it's nice again. So I figured we're back in the past. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, the colors are all nice and bright, too, so, like, it's a whole different color palette sort of thing.
2: Right, but I, I was still traumatized by Alan's death. Oh, absolutely. I, I wasn't thinking he would it be carries at the door. over. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be at the
0: door. Yeah, and the traumatization or whatever. Uh, is that a word? Traumatization? Um, We're making it a word. Sure. <laughs> uh, It carries over because it's a scene where Alan is returning to the town originally, Mm -hmm. and uh, he goes to see Ruth because he's getting phone calls from people that know he's back in town to go and check out the Ruth situation because of the gunshots. Right. Something we've heard about before. And we see the super heart-wrenching scene of their reuniting after so many years yeah and he says i came back for you that's the only reason i'm back here
2: yeah and she says please don't leave yeah and then they hug
0: and i this this is the first time in the series of this that i got super misty-eyed i'm not gonna lie
2: well and they zoom out and you see the two chess pieces of the king and queen and the king's knocked over now
0: I actually didn't catch that. Yeah. I think I was still, I was so like. Still,
2: you're still picking the dust out of the eyeballs. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. This cat. I tell you what.
0: I, well, I kind of want to get a picture from my side of the table because <laughs> he's obviously wanting to get loving from you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we're talking Phantom again. Uh okay, so that's the end of the episode. As you said, uh, notes I have on the end of the episode. Yeah. The one time he does leave town, he comes back to total ruin. Right. Yeah. Like he comes back, he's watching her. Everything's going good. He can h- keep a handle of the situation. Anytime he's there, he's her. He's her king. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the chess pieces, he's her king, and. Soon as he leaves, he comes back, everything's gone to shit. Yeah. If he would have just not, never, lo- never left. Well, the kid
2: did it on purpose.
0: Yeah. He sent lured him, him on away. His way. Right. Mm-hmm. He's making him pay for his past uh, mistakes, I guess. Yeah. If if we can count that as a mistake, because if he's Satan or something like that, then it certainly wasn't a mistake.
2: Well, it sounds like he's going after all the people that kept him locked in that box.
0: Right. Uh,. And do you have any other so, thoughts on that?
2: Well, I want to know um, if the reason why Alan got sent to that house in the first place is because of gunshots. Who did she shoot originally?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Is something that a blank we didn't get filled in.
2: Because if, if her memory is of coming inside and cleaning off all the blood mm. and then getting dressed and then coming downstairs and there being Alan, her mm. knight in shining armor, like... Who did she murder, like, right before
0: this? Well, maybe she's being pulled into future events as well as her past event. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe like the timeline... She really but,
2: is a time walker?
0: Yeah, maybe the whole timeline is skewed. Well, how does
2: that work? Because she killed him.
0: Well, maybe she's shooting... Maybe the gunshots that were heard in the past of our normal timeline are the gunshots of her trying to shoot at uh, the kid. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're Maybe inter, everything they're is skewed. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe everything... And that, I think that's certainly a possibility. So you don't
2: think Alan's really dead? You think he...
0: I... We didn't see him actually die. We saw... Like, I don't believe was in this... There a lot help. of blood. Oh, totally. Like there was he, a
2: lot of blood on the walls and a lot yeah. of blood pooling He gets shot. Him.
0: She's sitting with him while he's, like, you know, doing the whole I'm maybe dying thing. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not ready to let him go yet, is what (laughs) I'm trying to say. (laughs) He's our king,
1: damn it. Yeah.
0: Just because his chest piece is knocked over doesn't mean he's dead. I hope not, anyway. Um, So, another note that I wrote down, though, is that Ruth is ultimately the one who killed him, even though she was his purpose. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, she is the linchpin... Well, it's the kid and Ruth, ultimately, end up getting him killed, even though... Well, or... Gravely injured.
2: Fault. It's the kid's fault. He got her so crazed crazed out in the head. She just shot wildly.
0: But he would have never came back to town if it wasn't for Ruth, right? By proxy, at least.
2: We'll just blame Henry. He's the one who got the kid out. Damn you, Henry!
0: And we can't blame him because he's fucking locked up in a in a spiky room, sound barrier room. So then we,
2: so then we blame Molly because she should have seen all this shit. God
0: damn it! Everyone's to blame apparently. Okay, Uh, yeah, so another note. This is definitely the episode with the most emotional impact for me. Yeah. Uh, We see the destruction of the family told throughout, and I feel like that hits the feels big time, you know, mm-hmm. more than any other thing that has happened so far. I feel like this is the for sure end of Act 2. Pangborn is definitely, if he's not dead, he has been fully Han Solo carbonated. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is absolutely end of Act 2. And the rest of, you know, 8, 9, and 3 we're going to get. <laughs> is uh... 8,
1: 9,
2: and 3 is going to be amazing. I
0: had to bring that joke back. I'm sorry. Uh, like I said before, it's definitely the most Westworld-like episode. And I feel like skewing the timeline is for sure something that could happen. I don't think it would be a Westworld ripoff. I feel like they... It's... <laughs> <laughs> it would be a thing that fizzed the show.
2: He just knocked that off for me. No he thing. was
0: about to swipe at it as you picked up that marker. <laughs> Did you see him go for it? He was like, what are you doing?
2: Fuck your marker.
0: <laughs> um, and a couple of theories I wrote down. Um, Well, I guess I already mentioned this, but I hope Alan survives. Uh, I think the kid and Henry are going to reconnect in the third act for sure. It has mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Something between them. Some I don't know for sure what, but... We gotta see resolution there. Oh yeah. He's
2: gotta get out of that safe.
0: Uh we're and yeah, and obviously we see more of Henry next episode, if anybody. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh I hope more of Odin and Willie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're cohorts in this whole thing. We gotta see more of what happens with the R V. <laughs> we got
2: <laughs> the magic school blast. <laughs>
0: um, and that's kinda all I got. So Unless my you got only some more.
2: theory goes along with the sneak peek for next week.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So, um, so should I should I toss it to you for the segment? Sure, if we're ready. Hey, okay, this is the Debbie explains to Chris the sneak preview for next week. Debbie, go ahead.
2: All right. So next week is episode eight, and it's called Past Perfect. Okay. And it's a lot of disjointed scenes again. But I'll tell you the main ones. So first we see um, a blonde woman. Um, For those of you who watched True Blood, you'll recognize her from there. Um, And she says Gordon, which if we remember, Gordon was the name of that little boy that was in that um, scene in the house for his birthday.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. They called him Mm Gordy.
2: So we just hear somebody say Gordon. And then um, we see a body being loaded up at the house where Henry lives and an officer that say that's what you get for letting that kid out of jail. Um, Damn it. Yeah. Um, And then we switch to a scene where we see some really fucking creepy paintings of the kid everywhere. Like of his face. Yeah. Some behind bars, like just everywhere of this kid's face. And you see Henry like looking at him being like, what the fuck?
0: Um, so Henry's, you see him out of the box, out of the, yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) Spoiler. Henry gets out. (laughs) Um, well,
0: maybe, maybe maybe, it's in his head.
2: It could be in his head. I'm thinking you're right. It, Oh oh my God. I I think you are right. I think, I I think (laughs) all of this shit's in his head and because of what I, I'm thinking. Okay. 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 So then we see the kids say, do you hear it? And he goes, you do finally. Mm hmm. And then Henry says, "Who are you? Why did you ask for me?" Um, we see more of the paintings, uh, and lots of flashes around. Okay. Um, and then we see Molly, I believe, walking into her house, and the kids sitting on her steps. And she says, "What are you doing here?" And that's it.
0: Damn. So that's a good that's a good teaser. Even though it's a lot of stuff,
2: it's a lot of stuff. So this is what I'm thinking who is gordon because he's the one who's obsessed with
0: this kid i think he. uh, well i mean my previous theory was he is the kid
2: do you think he could be a brother but now because of what you just said maybe henry didn't get out of the safe maybe he's still in there and maybe he's in somebody else's memories now maybe he's in i don't know like i feel like maybe i don't know Gordon and the kid, I feel like, are related. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, the Kid goes
2: to the house in the previous
0: episode. And, and Gordon
2: is somehow obsessed with this kid, but knows what his face looks like. And knew how to paint him behind bars. I don't know. I don't know either. You,
0: well, you know what's great, um, and we'll leave it off there, but you know what's great about that's, this segment is that I, most of the time before I watch the episode of whatever week we're on, mm-hmm. I'll actually watch the preview again. You know, Or not again, but for the first time. Yeah. Because you explained to me, I know what the preview is. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily have to watch it. This week, before episode seven, I didn't even watch it. Yeah. No. Because you did such a good of ex- job of explaining it to me and like told me, like, well, if you like trailers a certain way, you maybe don't even want to watch this one. So no. So I didn't even watch it.
2: I don't think you, because they would have given away a lot.
0: Yeah. So I'm not even sure if I want to watch this one now. And there's a lot of disjointedness, so maybe it'll work, but I still kind of don't want to watch it.
2: (laughs) Well, look out for a guy named Gordon.
0: Okay. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Venom still firmly in the lead on the cat noise board. We will take a picture of that and post it eventually this week. As we mentioned before, Jarrett, you are this week's winner of the Church Creed Award for Audience Participation.
2: Congratulations. I also
0: said that wrong. It's the Church Creed Memorial Award.
2: Yes, yes.
0: For audience participation. Um, I will give that to you at band practice, and I probably already have by the time you're listening to this. Yay! (laughs) And I'll get a picture of him with it, and he will... Cherish it. He will cherish it. And frame it. And he is now qualified for awesome prizes, of which we have announced all of them already unless I come upon something at Goodwill. 1408 on DVD. The Memorial Trophy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And. Is that. I think that's the first two. And then there's a third one which is. Prize of your choice within reason. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever wins is going to decide the best thing that they win. It's of their choice. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be the best thing? And I'm holding my socks for some reason.
2: You can have a brand new cat.
0: Uh, it. It new to ha- you <laughs> i mean the trophy is a cat i don't know about buying a, a actual cat no i was gonna
2: give away one of mine
0: oh <laughs> whoever wins the cat noises award yeah they're the most annoying cat they go to the winner oh
2: no i don't want to give up him oh yeah well he's, he's, he's not
0: annoying he's just lovely lovey and weird and stupid oh yeah he's well he's got ash's like distorted face yeah <laughs> Lindsay still, to this day, will only refer to him as Little Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) which is weird. Anyway, we're closing this episode. We've gone too far into podcast overtime. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to go to any of our links or whatever, they're at com slash subscribe. See you on the message boards and the Instagrams and all that stuff. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Green bean. (laughs) That's a crossover reference for people. (laughs) Goodbye.